This is Business Dad. This episode, we get to listen in as Alexis Ohanian compares notes with his initialized capital co-founder, Gary Tan. The two discuss how to be present for their children and exchange some kid-friendly recipes. Gary and Alexis founded Initialized in 2012 and made early investments in companies like Coinbase and Instacart. Prior to Initialized, Gary was a partner at Y Combinator. He also co-founded a blogging company called Posturus and was employee number 10 at Palantir. He lives with his wife and two young sons in San Francisco. This episode of Business Dad is brought to you by Empower. As investors, we're always looking out for the broader trends, and one of which is how the average millennial is financially behind and actually going to be worse off than previous generations due to the rising cost of living, student loan debt, and financial crisis. It's one of the reasons we were drawn to a product like Empower, which is a very different type of bank and software. For instance, it has an automated savings feature. So you tell the app your weekly savings target, and then every day, Empower studies your income and spending, and then automatically knows when to move the right amount of money into your savings account, or it'll grow at 1.60% APY with unlimited withdrawals and no minimums. With Empower, these budgeting tools, this great savings rate, and real-time alerts to track your spending by category, you'll be pleasantly surprised that you'll know more about your finances than ever. If you also want to save more than ever before, you really got to check out this app. So download Empower, that's E-M-P-O-W-E-R, in the Apple Store or the Play Store. Over 650,000 people have done it as well. And for listeners of the show, get $5 when you use offer code BUSINESSDAD and reach your savings goal. Visit empower.me slash businessdad for more details. Gary, uh, we co-founded Initialized. You're a father of two. Before that, you were a startup founder, uh, Y Combinator partner, and now you're a business dad. Yeah. And I have gotten to watch and learn from a lot of your experiences. Um, you have two boys, Garrison and Solomon. And I just, like, I delight in the fact that you are so unafraid to have them be a part of your work life as much as your home life. Like me, I've, I've seen Garrison cut a rug. He's quite the dancer okay. at plenty of events uh, here at the office, just even, or even just randomly around oh, the office and, and, and be here and be a part of it. Um, is that deliberate? Do you... Do you want him or, or both your your kids? Do you want them to be exposed to the work that dad does? Yeah, definitely. And and why is that important to you? I mean, every day is a gift. Like what we get to do, uh, I wake up in the morning and kind of don't believe that that's our job. Mm. <laughs> I didn't even true. know that this yeah. kind of job existed when I was growing up. So, Jeez. there's no guidance counselor saying, "Hey, you could run an early stage venture firm when you grow up." Yeah, and so. If he knows that this is one of the things you could do, then you know maybe that'll help him figure out what he really wants to do in his life. Do you, do you think it has an impact more broadly around the office? Probably. Because this mean, is not a normal family thing. Friendly. We We're venture capitalists, yeah, Gary. Yeah. They're not. <laughs> I don't think we take ourselves that seriously, mm-hmm. though. I mean, you know, even our office is. Um, we want this place to be 
pretty chill, mm-hmm. like zen, blissed out kind of place because mm-hmm. um, we want people to be able to do their best here. So the, the struggle, and it is a struggle that we all go through as, as clearly like career-driven individuals, um, but also you know, wanting the best for our families. Do you have lessons that you've learned or like dad hacks that you've found have worked for oh, you yeah. to try to try to find? Well, my wife has it. taught me a lot of dad hacks. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Excellent. Do you remember when um, we just found out that you're going to have Olympia and you came mm-hmm. over to our house? Yes. And your wife, Steph, warned me not to describe it as babysitting. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's yes. being a dad. It's it was being very a good parent. Advice. It's yeah. parenting. If you take care of uh, your child. Yeah. In the evening, it's yeah. never ever call it babysitting. Yes, that's right. <laughs> I distinct, I distinctly remember that. Oh, Absolutely, man. yeah. Uh, and then the, do you remember the other one? Um, it was a long time ago at this point. This one I still have problems with. If you have a baby at home, and you're out at a work event, oh. and you say it's going to end at nine o'clock, show up at you better nine. be home at nine. <laughs> yes, that's right. I do remember that now. Because there's, I mean, yes. and I get it now because I've had to do the reverse. It's like there's nothing worse than. You're holding a baby for hours. You really need to just use the bathroom, and then you're looking at the watch. So that's a dad hack, but that's also a husband hack. And that helps, that helps balance out the partnership. Do you feel like there are, are there particular moments you can already think back to? I mean, we're still both pretty early in the, the dad thing, but are, are there already moments you can think back to that you're especially proud of where you were like, Yes, like a small, like maybe a small or a big victory. You know, honestly, just yesterday morning. Oh, perfect. um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, I mean, I started getting into uh, doing my own YouTube and videos. Yeah, subscribe. Is it youtube.com slash Gary Tan? Yes, that's right. (laughs) Two R's. Mm -hmm. Um, And I actually was going to set up some stop motion video for one of my things. I had it Mm -hmm. all set up. Mm -hmm. Um, and then my son, he woke up early and he comes into his play area and sees all this stuff because I was going to use his toys as an illustration of how this technology worked. It was like, say this person wants to rent a, a crayon or something. And he comes in and he sees, like, you know, he wants to make videos now because he sees me making videos. And uh, instead of me filming the thing I needed to film, we actually just, like, made a stop-motion movie, just the two of us. Have, have you, you published just got it? Into it? No. <laughs> Why not use it for your next vlog? Oh, I should, yeah. Yeah, yeah put it in there. <laughs> but it was just cool to see, you know, he's four, so uh, he knows how to use an iPhone. Um, but to see that he could move uh, a crayon a little bit at a time um, and then take a photo each time and then play it back, like, just to watch, like, this, like, explosion in his head, like, oh, I can do that. Like, I can make a video like this. This, this is something I'm so excited about for this generation. And, and there's, there's probably teenagers now who feel similarly, and definitely everyone on the come up beyond, where they are not just going to think of the world as a place where they consume content, but equally a place where they can create it. Because like you and I, we grew up watching movies and then coming home and being like, that was cool, but not really being able to, unless we had a ton of expensive equipment and some probably really hard to use software, could we have conceived of remixing it or making it better? Why do you think it's important that Garrison, who is still only four, already start to think of himself as a maker or as a creator? I, I mean, I just want to be able to express himself. Um, 
I think that that's actually one of the core things that we run into often with founders. How often is it that in office hours we're telling people, you know, you should communicate it this way. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, mm-hmm. people aren't going to get it if you say X. But if you say it, like, with, with this example. Mm-hmm. And so if you can communicate that that early, um, if that gets into people really early, then that's just really powerful for them. I, feel, I mean, that's, like, so career-oriented. So. Yeah, well, <laughs> but, but funny. communication is core to any relationship, not only just professional trying to win an investor's money, but also right, personal, yeah. friends, family, Create an organization, ones, I don't know, org. make a movement. I yeah, don't know. there's many, many uses for those skills. The other side of it, too, are the moments, though, where you struggle. We all do. Mm-hmm. Are there things that you have already learned from the hardest moments? And what, are, what were some of the hardest moments for you as a dad that you have, have, have learned from or reflected on? Because, I mean, you're a very thoughtful guy. So I'm sure there are things, lessons that you could give for maybe impending parents. Yeah, I mean, not to get too real, but honestly, you know, I am a workaholic, right? I love work. And, you know, how could you not? Like, we get to do what we do. Like, of course you're going to love what we do. And then, you know, through my 20s and through uh, all the startups I worked on, but even when I worked at Y Combinator, like, the, the classic thing for investors even is to sort of back off. And it's like, oh, this is a lifestyle. I got mine. And I never, you know, even today, that's not ever how I want us to do our work. And I know you don't, like, both of us are, like, full bore, always thinking about work. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, the, that's a challenge, right? Isn't that a it's like crazy challenge? Because suddenly uh, your life is not just your own. It's also... Uh, about bringing up this little one who's basically helpless. Um, And, you know, to be frank, I asked a lot of my wife. I mean, Stephanie took on so much. And I, you know, probably especially that first year with Garrison, um, I asked a lot of her, and I didn't move my schedule and how I thought. Like, even when I went home, it was very hard to be present because you've got the phone right next to you. Um, and I think we all struggle with this, really. Um, how do you go home and you have to be present? You have to actually turn off, like, not just the device, but actually your brain. Yeah, you really do. And have you found now two kids in, four years in, uh, I don't believe, I, I know you're not working less hard, yeah. but I do believe that, you know, Anytime you put your mind into something, you're going to figure out ways to improve and get better. So have you found ways to better disconnect? Yeah. What, what are some of the, the tactics that you use? I mean, the big thing really work? is just, like, put the phone in a You lock it. Like, like there's a place it goes. Yeah. And it's out of sight, don't, out of mind. You know, or airplane mode. Like, do not disturb, basically. Like, be present. The other thing that's really cool is routines. For, so for me... Um, I always do breakfast. So breakfast is my jam. And you, I wake you, up. you make it, you serve it. Do you have a go-to breakfast? Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm all about um, eggs in a basket. Okay, and that's... So is you got to try this. You take a cup. Bread? And, yeah, bre- okay. just any kind of bread, but it works with bagels, works yeah. with uh, oh, English muffins. Oh, and you crack the egg in there and fry it. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Okay, and so you're, you're, you're making the eggs in a basket. Uh, do, do the kids have a preference on, on a particular... Is there a type of bagel? Is it a type of bread? It just oh, doesn't yeah. matter. Bagel's Whatever great. Papa's making. Yeah, bagel okay. is ideal, I think. Sesame okay. seed. Garrison loves it. So. And and are they? Is is Garrison at an age where he is? I'm trying to think. I don't know what a four year old does. But like, is it is it participatory yet? 
Can it be? It's a hot stove, probably not. Okay. He and likes to mix the, when we make oatmeal, he likes mixing, like, like picking the, you know, fixins and just put in, putting it in, so. And why is that time so important? Why is that ritual so important for you? I mean, it's just nourishing, you know. He wakes up, he's hungry, and then you just get to connect, you, just, you know. Mm-hmm. And then actually, Does your uh, wife the real to reason, sleep in? Yeah, she sleeps there in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially now that we have a five-month-old, yeah. you know. It's just me and Garrison time. I'll make food for her, but she'll eat it like after, after I take him off to school. And um, it makes it all worth it when Garrison ha- you know, eats the whole thing and like, you know, uses the bread and like slurps up the yolk. And he's like, and then at the end he looks at me and says, Daddy, your eggs are the best. <laughs> And it's like, that's awesome. Yeah, like, that makes a, it all worth it. That's you know? a great feeling. And you are, here's the thing, that you are a good cook. So I think that is genuine. I think if Olympia looked at me and was like, those eggs are the best, I think she'd kind of be lying. Oh. Or she just wouldn't know any better, and yeah. so it wouldn't mean as much. But that, to me, feels special. You said it was nourishing. It's literally nourishing. Yeah. But I imagine it's also a kind of, like, spiritually and, and emotionally nourishing are there things that you talk about at breakfast? Are there, like, what is, what's the conversation uh, there at the breakfast table? A lot of it's like, you know, what are you learning about in school? I don't know. I mean, honestly, he loves talking about Legos and the stuff that he's built. They're great things. Yeah. Yeah, future, future uh, builder there. Yeah, totally. What kind of stuff is he building these days? Uh, mainly, fire, he's got some fire trucks going on. He's got some rockets. Um, yeah, he's just really into building. And, and then you will, will take him then to school? Uh, yeah, usually. It's, um, and this is something that I wish I did earlier. Um, the first year, honestly, I, you know, my wife did probably both, you know, often both pick up and drop off. And uh, only, afterward, only after Solomon came along did I realize, like, oh, that's actually, A, a lot of time. And then, B, actually a lot of time that I could have been spending with Garrison earlier. So, um, so now what we do is um, I do uh, either pick up or drop off every day. And so, so one or the other, you know, that's part of the And routine. that's fair. And what do you see in those, like, I was talking to Parker of Rippling about how hard it was for the first, I think he said six months of doing drop off because his, his daughter would actually get so sad. She was so sad um, saying goodbye, and they eventually started working through a process, and and she got more comfortable. And now that like wave goodbye through the window, oh yeah, is a it's a special moment for both of yeah, them. Yeah, totally. W- give me walk, walk walk me through that. Yeah, I mean it was it was like that for a while, and then now we just have our regular routine, which is a high five, fist bump, big hug. Oh, there's and a whole a, yeah, it's like a right. dap yeah, situation yeah, every time, yeah. every time. He won't actually let me leave. Uh, until we do that, so see, the tradition yeah, is important. Which is good. And and when you think about the, I mean, you're now you're two kids in. Do you think you're an expert at this point? No, I mean, I don't <laughs> think I don't know. I'm figuring it out as I go. But but surely there are there are things now a second time around that you're able to to sort of you can lean back or, or look back on the experience you had with oh, Garrison yeah. your first and and sort of work smarter not harder i don't know but you you have that extra perspective but now you do have two kids as opposed to one how and 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 mind you too this was all happening at a time when uh i mean fundraising fund three how did that how would that coincide with garrison so i mean the travel was so hard like we were on a plane 
basically well, every and, week. And every you especially yeah. were carrying that load. And then now the timeline uh, with Solomon, I mean, the initialized has, has matured a lot, has grown a lot. It is uh, certainly a, a sort of more real organization than it was back when we really did that first fundraise. Um, but do you feel like you're getting closer to understanding how you will balance this dynamic of being, you know, a founder and managing partner of an early stage venture capital firm and also father of two and, and husband? Like, where do you think you are if this were an experience bar? Like, how, <laughs> how much further along do you feel like you are I mean, in, in figuring it out? Well, I don't know nothing now, whereas, like, for probably a lot of Do you really it, felt, felt like, like you I knew nothing? I knew nothing, yeah. I mean, I was anxious, I was nervous, especially with Garrison. And then the interesting thing is our second child, Solomon, has a different temperament. He is seemingly a lot easier, but I wonder how much of it is we feel like we're not anxious anymore. Mm, and he's picking that up too to and some the extent, kids, I'm sure. I mean, especially at that age, they really are mirrors. Like if you come home and you're stressed and you're just exuding this, you know, aura of, you know, I mean, like they can, the kids feel it. You know, they really just mirror it back to you. And so yeah. Garrison was one, I mean, he was, you know, zero to one literally while our our actual real fund was going zero to one. Mm-hmm. And so it was crazy. It was crazy nerve wracking, actually. When you think about that time, and and now you see, though, I mean, you, I don't believe that you. I mean, you surely were there. Were there some books you surely had? Felt, you couldn't have felt like you had zero. Okay, but you're clearly you and Steph are both capable adults, capable humans. Um, did it really feel like you just had no sense of what to do, or or? What do you think was at the core of that anxiety? Man, I mean, I had a pretty tough childhood, honestly. And so that was one thing that, that was something that I had to overcome, you know. Um, Yeah, and you had to write your own, like, playbook. And look, and I know how deeply you care about your kids. I know what a great dad you are. Don't worry. I'm sure, like, you are doing a great job. But I'm sure there are also a lot of dads or expecting fathers and mothers um, who, who share similar concerns. Yeah, yeah. So, so what do you think helped you most during that time? Yeah. Or what things? I think the first thing was to um, kind of allow myself to feel f- afraid. Mm. <laughs> um, and then the next step really was, well, I have, I have these ang- anxieties and I have these problems around how do I deal with authority or how, how do I properly discipline my child because I don't have a good role model for that. Um, I mean, mind you, you know, some of it was just purely being the child of immigrants, right? Like that there's like a very different way than the Western world that, you know, ch- ch- children are raised in a very different way um, from like that era of Chinese culture to like today, what we have today in the West. And there's, and so, a, there's a, a historical precedent and, and whatnot for that. Can you dig into that a little bit too about how that shapes, how does that immigrant, that, that immigrant I mean, immigrant families, experience. like they, you know, they believe in corporal punishment, right? Like they believe in, uh, you know, spare the rod, spoil the child, right? Um, and that's still a struggle that most of my friends who are, uh, you know, also of immigrant descent, like that, you know, that's a, that's a real decision you have to make. Like, will we spank our child or not? Um, 
And all the research points to you don't have to. There's no reason uh, why you would. Um, but if you're brought up in that way, that's a decision you have to make. And there's actually a fear there also. Um, what's the fear? Well, what is, what's going to happen to this child um, if you don't have the right type of discipline? And what is that right type? Right? Do you spank? Do you not? Um, or, you know, frankly, you can walk around in everyday society. You go to a restaurant you, and you see children who do not have any discipline in their lives. And, you know, what happens with that? Um, and so there, there's like so many levels to how you want to raise your kids. Yeah, yeah. And there, and there is, there's no literal playbook. I mean, there are tons of random books, but there's no one authority on it. Everyone's hacking it. Some people really suck at it. Some people are really great at it, but but even that, I think there are a few objective things we can look at, but by and large, it's all pretty subjective, um, and there's no one rule, or there's no one rule book, I should say, for how to do it right, but you're clearly very thoughtful about it, and I think that's a big part of, I bet if you mapped out the people who cared to be great parents, and like we're very deliberate and very introspective about it, and and then map that to the people who were actually like at least not terrible. Like it probably overlaps pretty well. Like it feels like the first step is at least the self awareness and whatnot. But then, did you lean on resources like uh, friends? Were there outlets or were there channels to discuss? Or yeah, was absolutely. It- I mean, honestly, I'm still totally huge believer in therapy. It helped me so much, especially around. Because there are situations um, in parenting today, I mean, even last week, where I will get flashbacks, like sort of PTSD style, to my own childhood. And I, you know, I actually you know, am glad to be able to talk about it because I actually think this is probably more common than anyone would want to admit, right? Um, like your face gets hot and it's, you know, there's some situation that you have to deal with. And like maybe there's... Um, an initial impulse or inclination, like, you know, maybe that's the moment where, hey, like, this kid needs, I need to spank this kid or something. I mean, and that's, like, um, that's not from your prefrontal cortex. That's from, like, conditioning, right? Um, And so, honestly, the hardest part is just even noticing that, right? Like, I, you know, one of the things that I'm trying to understand as a human being is how do you reconcile those two parts? You You always have, like, this initial feeling or... Um, instinct. And then clearly we have uh, this other more rational side of us that, you know, uh, there's like sort of the horse and the rider. And there's been nothing in my entire life more than parenthood that has made that distinction between horse and rider clear. Mm, That's that's good. The, and I I can assure you, and this this has come up in sessions of my own where even without the trauma, there are still absolutely echoes of childhood and memories of childhood that I didn't know existed in here that pop up because of Olympia. So it is, it is an absolutely universal thing in traumatic times or not. And it's this, I, th- I never heard it or thought of it explained that way, but it is so shaping of our existence yeah. and, and how we view all kinds of interactions. Yeah. Forget and artificial intelligence. We're programming a human intelligence when we, when we are parenting, we're programming a human intelligence. And that human will go off and do wonderful things, hopefully. 
Hopefully. And, and, it, and it won't just be some big uh, waste of Azure credits in the name of <laughs> a fake right. AI, yes, right? right? It's actually intelligence capable of, of doing, and I think you're right, hopefully good stuff in the world. Um, there is this, there's this magic that happens when I see Olympia enjoy things that I have now grown jaded by uh, in, in, a, in a wonderful, that childlike wonder uh, when she was really into fish for a while. I could take her to an aquarium and I just, just laughing with joy because she can like touch a fish swimming in a little fish touch pool, whatever. Are there moments that you, you've really just been delighted by where you've seen that in, in presumably Garrison, but maybe also Solomon, um, where you see this childlike wonder and it's like, oh shit, this is why I used to love blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what comes to mind right now is even just from this morning, like Solomon is so happy that literally, like he'll wake up at 5.30 a.m. and then he'll, you know, try to wake you, he'll like put a hand on your face. <laughs> and then when you finally wake up and look at him, he'll just greet you with like the biggest smile you'd ever seen. And he's five months old. This is insane. I don't know. It's like he's just happy to be alive, yeah. you know? And, and, and is, it a, is it because of the, the purity of it? Like a five-month-old can't, like their life is really simple and it's dependent on you all to survive. Oh, yeah. And they don't have to worry about their job or their investment portfolio, right? It is a, there's a purity to it because they haven't been affected by the world yeah. really in He's any way. He's just working on being able to sit up on his own. Right. <laughs> That's the big goal. Yeah. Like, no, I can tell that he's time. trying to, you know, he's trying to figure it out right now. Yeah. I think that, that was a mind job. And I think moments like that helped me empathize uh, with our kid because there is a lot going on up there and they're so limited by what they can do. And it clearly gives you a sense, like a profound sense of appreciation for the moment that you're just like you said, you were, he just seemed happy to be alive yeah, in that moment. Totally. With all the stress, with all the like, we deal with like capital S stress from time to time. We deal with like lowercase s kind of bullshit stress all the time. But, but what a difference, describe the difference it makes when you see that simple joy and how it makes you feel. Like, do you ever get a little, you get a little jealous, right? <laughs> it's a it's good like, life. you got a good life. I mean, I often look at my kids and it's like, man, I would, I wish I could trade, let's trade bodies, man. <laughs> like, yeah. It's like. Are there, are there specific moments when, uh, when that hits you? Oh, man. Honestly, even just like dropping Garrison off for school and then seeing, you know, he just gets to learn these new concepts for the first time. It's like, uh, he. And life is simpler. Yeah, it really is. And he's asking super interesting questions. You know, I actually think he, like, uh, he asked my wife this very early on. He was like, Mommy, what's the difference between um, a mistake and an accident? Whoa. I was like, yeah, the, you know, those are different things. Wow. Yeah. And so they're making their way through the world and asking questions, and, you know, you're there to try to answer them. And... Do you ever try to mess with them? <laughs> <laughs> or are you, which parent are you? Are you the parent who's just deliberately messing with them? Oh, or... man. I'm trying to think. Do I do that? <laughs> like, why is the sky blue? Or I don't know, you know, and, and just deliberately. Stuff will go it's around blueberries. And, like, bulldoze Garrison stuff in Minecraft once in a while. Oh, there we go. That's, <laughs> That's just. This is the 21st century uh, a kid troll, yeah, which yeah. I think is really important. 
Oh, that's good. And so they, they play Minecraft together. Yeah, yeah. Right. There's a Minecraft realm, and he yeah. plays with his, uh, his cousins. Mm-hmm. It's just cool. And, so, and they're effectively playing Legos together in the digital world, where yeah. they can create at a much bigger scale. Do you, do you Minecraft? Oh, yeah. I mean, Minecraft is the jam. You can do something. The thing is, I don't like creative mode. I like survival mode. I see. Which yeah. probably says something about me. <laughs> but that's the one where you have to defend, you have to build like a fort or something yeah, to defend yourself yeah. you from the like zombies at night or something. You got to find yeah. the diamonds on your own. Yeah. I mean, I, I enjoy trying to find, like my favorite thing in Minecraft is actually the mining, which sounds really boring. Who does that? I yeah, know. It's but really, that's, that's kind of like that's our job, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean... I'm looking for diamonds. I'm like at level like 27 or whatever it is deep down trying to find the diamonds. I think we've got, we've got more and more founders in the portfolio or just people in our network who are becoming parents, especially dads. And they're all like us, super career driven. We're fortunate, right? We love, not only do we have great jobs, we love the work we do. And, and so for this type of person, what's the advice you're giving them when they're like, Gary, what do I do? Yeah. I got a kid. On the way. At the end of the day, it's like, you know, got to be smarter. You know, you can't do it the way you did it, you know? Like, you just can't. There's just not, you can't, like, burn the midnight oil. You shouldn't, you'll, you know, you'll burn out, you know? Either you'll burn out or, you know, you're you're just not going to take care of the family, which happens, right? It happens. Um, yeah, you just literally have to be smarter. Like, you have to cut the calendar back down. You have to say no to a lot of things. And uh, there's not really another way. It is a great, you talk about saying no and cutting the calendar. The best part is you have something that is unassailable. Yeah. Like, if you, need, if you ever needed a reason to not do something, it's kids. Yeah. Got a kid thing. Yeah, yeah. Kid stuff. And have you found... Like, is there a mental test? I know we've, I'm, this is kind of leading because I've heard you describe it during a couple of, or after some pitch meetings, but is there a mental test that you use when you're evaluating your time, like an explicit one around your kids versus your work? I mean, it becomes a direct trade-off, right? It's, uh, you know, I could spend an hour or half an hour with this thing, or, you know, if, if it's against, like, I mean, the hard part is if it's against, like, spending time with your kids, man, that's a really high bar, but it makes everything very clear. That's great. That is, that I, I think crystallizes it well and helps guide a whole generation of, of business dads to make the right choices, or at least try to have a kind of North Star uh, to work smarter. Yeah, working smarter is almost the only way. I love it. Yeah. Gary Tan. Business Dad is brought to you by Initialized. Initialize invests in early-stage technology companies and helps founders avoid the thousands of landmines that can cause failure. Visit Initialize.com to find out more.